So a couple months ago, I was working in the shop before Big Rona hit, and we spent the entire day listening to surf rock. Fuck yeah. And I think we need to bring back surf rock. 2020 should be surf rock summer. And what do you think about this, Annie? Yes. <laughs> I my Some of my friends were like, it's beatnik summer, but it could also be surf rock summer, I think. I feel like beatniks and surf rock kind of go together in some... They go hand in hand. Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's an element of that. There's definitely an element there. Like, 60 surf rock and beat and, like, beatniks kind of definitely have, a like, a crossover somewhere. And, like, we're so close to getting back. Like, music, I feel I've almost come full circle when it comes to any music because, like, the reverbs out and, like, all, like, the single line note stuff people use nowadays. I feel like it's coming full circle to almost being surf rock. At least surf rock inspired. But it's, like, someone just needs to take that extra step forward. And bring it back. Who should, what band should bring back Surf Rock? I'm trying to think. Hmm. Like, a good band, though. Like, not Team Impala. No, that'd be really weird of them to do that. It'd be fucking wild. I loved Team Impala, like, for the last oh, couple I years, can... but now, like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I tried to listen to it the other day with a friend, and I was just like, I can't. I don't know what ruined for me, but okay. I think it was Twitter. <laughs> I, like, genuinely blamed Remember Twitter for Waves? that. Waves is sort of surf rock, but Waves is also a landlord, so. <laughs> Real talk, I love Waves. Like, the first two albums were, like, my favorite, and I always, like, ruined parties out of that because I'd put that on. And it's just so fucking noisy. <laughs> so I was a little disappointed when I found out that Waves was a landlord, to be honest. Waves is, in fact, a landlord. Um, but Waves, like, Waves also, like, I don't know, Waves is good. I think Waves, like, what's that one album? I'm, I'll look it up. I'm trying to think. Is it Waves or Waves or... <laughs> no, it's it's King of the Beach. I fucking... King of the Beach slap. Yeah, King of the Beach I got really rid of my copy of King of the Beach, but... I got rid of the, my copy of King of the Beach recently because I wasn't listening to it, but I did in fact have King of the Beach on record, so. I think I have Waves on CD somewhere. Waves. Waves. What year was that one? 20... King of the Beach was 10, 2010. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Basically, okay, takeaway from this is bring back Surf Rock and Beat Nick stuff. And Waves is a landlord. Waves Hello. is in fact a landlord. <laughs> Welcome to Music is Good. Uh, today we are a little different. We're, we're going to feel a little awkward because Matt has decided to go back to school and we, we're so proud of Matt yes. making making something of himself. Yeah, he's, he's studying punk history, which I wish there was a course for that in Vancouver. If there was a course for that in Vancouver, I'd take it. He said it was pretty whitewashed, though. What can you do Except, what can you do i mean like that's punk though you know punk in general is, is pretty punk. whitewashed punk is pretty whitewashed we just made several people very angry we did make several people very angry punk is in fact whitewashed and we can't ignore that no i love punk it's my favorite genre but yes it is in fact whitewashed to shit even though it was all started like 
even the history, like, I can't even think, like, I literally could not even list off, like, more than, like, five black punk bands, just because, like, historically, because they're, they're oh, just same. not remembered whatsoever. I'm Devlin Galloway. Hi, I'm Annie Nigran. Today we are talking Fetch by Mel Banana. This is our first trip to Japan. We've, we've gone... We've gone around the world, but we're this is our first time in Japan, so have we done one in like every continent yet? Um not Australia no, no not yet. Not Australia yet. Not Africa. And not Africa. Yeah. But um I think every other continent, yeah. One no, day. we still haven't done South America, have we? No, we haven't done South America either. So actually never mind, we've barely touched any continents. We've barely touched the world. We've touched North America, we've touched Europe, and how we've touched Asia, but... There we go. We're getting there. We'll get... We promise we'll get there one day. Uh, speaking of Australia, fuck do I want to make you guys do a birthday party album. And I only thought of that because Mel Banana did a really good birthday party cover. Really? What song? Yes. Um, Faint Heart. It's... It's on, um... Oh, fuck. 3-1-G releases these um, compilations. Like, they pick a band and then have all these cool bands cover stuff. They recently released a Cramps one. And, like, Chelsea Wolfe was covering the Cramps and shit. It was really cool. Oh, I gotta hear that. But um, they released one for the birthday party a few years back called Release the Bats. And it's really fucking good. Uh, I need to find what year it was. I think 2015. I've legitimately never listened to The Birthday Party. Oh, man. They're literally my favorite band. So it is 20. It, it's. <laughs> I can't see it on. It's like it's like a list of like the co- bands that are co- compiled. And it's like <laughs> I can see 2000, like 200, but I can't see past that. Thanks. Well. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did Faint Heart, but there's some like really good bands on here. Like Daughters are Ooh. on here. Some girls are on here. Yeah, there's some good bands, and some of these covers are really fucking good. We should just do another cover album episode. Yes, though this is such a good album. I'd love to do that. Yeah, the Melt Banana one blew me away. But then again, also Tony Hawk was hard to talk about. So Tony Hawk was so hard to talk about. Like, what do you even say? Video game good. Do kickflip, haha. <laughs> Video game good. Actually, speaking of Tony Hawk, did you know that, um, so the two members of this band are Yasuko and Ichiru, and Ichiru listed one of his influences as Tony Hawk Underground Pro, or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. That's one of his musical influences, the video game. I mean, it makes sense. Like- <laughs> that slaps so hard. Tell me something more impact than Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtracks. Yeah, it's so true. What year did Pro Skater 3 come out? Because Mel Banana formed in what, 92? 91? Uh, officially in 92, but they were like another band called Mizu in 1991. Okay, cool. When did Pro Skater 3 So I think Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 came out in like 2001. 2001 it says, yeah. This one was mm-hmm. such a good one. He's also inspired by Dark Souls. <laughs> Fuck, I love random shit like that. Oh, man. That's such a, like... Like, I love it when video games inspire music. That's so beautiful. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, me too. Even though I will say 
Gamers are the worst people on the planet. No, I think I read some arguments against that, but gamers are pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know. If you're making death threats to the, the actresses from The Last of Us Part Two because they don't fit your weird definition of, like, gender binaries or whatever, I, I think you're... What? That's the thing? I think you're a pretty terrible person if, like, you're attacking people because the game wasn't what you specifically thought things should be. That's fucking terrifying. Gamers die edition. Oh, 100%. Also, if you're looking for realism in a video game, I have some really bad news for you. <laughs> like, fucking wake up. Anyway, melting it. <laughs> this album came out in 2013 on ASAP Records. And the, the, the genre is kind of weird. But it's kind of officially noise punk or fuzz pop. I love the term fuzz pop. I'm going to call it noise punk. There's one song that might, the song Zero, I think you could call fuzz pop. But I think the rest of the album is definitely punk. Like, there's no denying that it's a punk album. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like a saw blade almost. Like, just going. Yeah, it's literally just a fucking saw blade. <laughs> it's intense as shit. Saw blade with, like really bubblegum vocals over top of it <laughs> she's so fucking cute yasuko's vo vocals are adorable oh i know like i don't know how i don't know how she does it but i i love it so much honestly it's what so sells me on this band it's so good oh this album in particular i like um i really liked that one album they did a uh, speak squeak creek or something like that it's from 94 96? I don't think I've actually heard that one. Um, 1994. Just to intersect for one second, Agata's video game inspirations uh, are Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, Echo the Dolphin, Demon Souls, and Shadow of the Colossus, which are all fucking tight games, so. <laughs> I don't know my games as well as you do, so. Echo the Dolphin's not great. I've played my, I've played my Tony Hawk games. Tony Hawk's is so good. Tony Hawk's great, yeah. What if we just did an episode for every Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack? I would do that. I would absolutely do that. Do like a four-part series. Okay. This was their seventh album, and they're they're just two people, so they're a duo, and somehow they create all this fucking noise. You mentioned that it's like a lot of it is like looping. Like, they'll play one riff and then just loop it. Yeah, Um. this album was, because they don't have a bass player or a constant drummer, they um, wrote this with just the guitar player, um, Agata, just did loops. Loops and loops and loops. Built the songs out of these loops on a loop pedal and a lot of like synth and computer using stuff. Their 90s stuff is not like that. It's like a lot less, just a lot more just playing rather than like the electronic production that's prevalent in this album, which is really fucking cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's this was pretty pretty unique for them mm -hmm. it's finally like committed to like only being a two-piece for this album which is cool as fuck yeah because like they've just had so many lineup changes even since before they were melt banana which makes sense lots of bands are like that but mm -hmm. yeah they're kind of the only two like regular stationary members but i have a couple of really important notes on this mm -hmm. noise rock here hear me out Noise rock is hardcore punk if they could play their instruments. You're right, and you should say it. <laughs> that's, that's number one. Two, this is my theory of how Japan gets crazy music. The UK does something 
America takes it and w- makes it kind of ridiculous. And then Japan's like, holy shit. And then they make it more ridiculous. And I think that's how we got Japanese Honestly, I agree with that. That, uh, like... <laughs> like, even, like, looking at, like, anything vaguely, like, what America does, and then, like, like baby metal. Baby metal! Combining... Yeah. Like, combining, like, American metal culture with, like, Japanese idol culture is genius and so fucking bonkers. It's so cute. I love it. It's so um, good. Dude, Japan just does things on such an intense scale. Like, they take American culture and go, haha, watch this, and then do that. <laughs> Hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> like, it's awesome. It's so cool. Because, like, like, we tend to think that, like, lots of Americans are obsessed with Japanese culture, which is true. But a lot of Japanese are obsessed with American culture as well. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. it goes both ways, which is really cool. I just can't believe that this album came out after they had already been a band for 20 years. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, they are all almost 50 years old, and they're still putting shit like this out. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure Achiru uh, is, like, 50. It's so impressive. Let me Google. Not, not that we're, we dis- age discriminate. Like, just don't get me wrong. No, of course not. It's just... You can't help but respect, like, that many years of a career. Like, I'm saying, like, I'm saying this shit, but it's like, I sleep with 49-year-old men. <laughs> Just shooting that out. <laughs> I can't say shit about age. It doesn't say how old he is. Let's see how old Yasuko is. She's 47. Damn. She's so fucking cute. Looking at pictures of her, I'm just like, oh, damn. God, I wish I looked like that. <laughs> um, so this album was released on Azu Records and was met with, like, nothing but praise. Like, it's so good. It's fucking wild. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, like, 30 minutes of fucking wild content. <laughs> it's just fucking bonkers, really. It, it kind of became their most iconic album. Like, I don't, like, after 20 years of a career, you'd think that you'd have a really iconic album, but no, it took them 20 years to get, like, this album out. So, you know, like, sometimes, like, sometimes you do be getting respected. Like, they, they, um, they opened for Tool, like, with this tour. Got Tool? Tool keeps showing up for us. Like, we're gonna have to eventually talk about Tool. I want to talk- I will talk about Maynard James Keenan forever. I have a soft spot for that guy, so... I just make fun of Tool fans a lot. Tool fans are the worst. But I've also seen them live, and I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. I haven't seen Tool live. I'd like to see them live, though. It's very intense. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The the friend I went with was high on Molly. While seeing Tool? At the same time, it's still, like, arena rock. Like, I don't know how intense that could get, but... It's true, but I, I did literally see them in Rogers Arena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk a little bit about the history of the band? Um, I didn't write a ton about the history of the band. Um, I've got a few but, notes. But if you've got some notes, then go for it. It's hard... I, f- I find it's hard to find info about the album in general because it's all in Japanese. I I definitely Google translated a lot of pages on this. <laughs> Melt Banana was originally formed in 1991 by Anuki, and uh, they were called Mizu back then. And there's not much information about Mizu, but 1991, while they were attending the Tokyo University of Foreign Studies, and um, they later recruited Agata, their guitar player, 
and at the same time lost their original drummer and bass player and worked on their first album, which I think came out in 1994. I mostly focused on this album, so I didn't actually get information about the release dates for the last one. Oh, so that speaks. So that speaks Squeak Creek. Then. Yes. Let me check their site. They had a chrono- chronological thing, which was mm-hmm. cool. But because they didn't have like a constant lineup, they briefly played around Tokyo without a drummer, and that would be on and off like throughout their entire careers. They just like went to America, I think, in 1995 for a tour, and they met bands related. Sorry, they they had an EP, and then it was Speak Squeak. Creek. Okay, that makes sense. In 1994. Um, I think around 1995, they went to America and got introduced to Steve Albini and that whole kind of scene. And they've just, they're just known for doing extensive tours, like just nonstop all the time. It's so intense. Like mm-hmm. Closer to this record, um, they were going around and touring as Melt Banana Light, which is an alternative configuration of the band that used synthesizers instead of drums and guitar. And they released a live album called Melt Banana Light Live, which is just completely different. Just, if you like get a chance, listen to that. It's like the same, but it's just all synths and so, so weird. Dude, everything they fucking do is whack. Like the, like, the lyrics are whack. The music is whack. Like nobody else is like them. Like people kind of compare them to Boris, but Boris is just kind of more like I think they're a lot more like true to the hardcore genre, whereas mm-hmm. Mel Malpadano just kind of fiddles around. They do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> I would love to see a Mel Banana and Boris show though. That would that would be so fucking good. Holy that shit! Would, that would rip me a new ass, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so closer to the recording of this album, the Tohoku earthquake. I'm, I might be pr- like completely ruining these uh, pronunciations, and if I am wrong, I'm terribly sorry. But yeah, around 2011 was uh, the Tohoku earthquake happened, and you know the aftermath and the meltdown at Fukushima. It put a giant halt on the production of this album and affected both the members of the band who wanted to take like a, you know, a quick little break because obviously the you know. If your country has a devastating earthquake, tsunami, and then a nuclear meltdown, your priorities are in a a different place. Very different place, yeah. After that, they decided that they wanted to focus on music, and instead of finishing the album, they toured America instead without an accompanying accompanying album because, as um, Agatis said to, um, I don't remember the magazine name, but was quoted in saying, I want a two-month tour to get my mind off Japan. So... The album didn't come out for another two years. Yeah, I I found out that it was recorded in Tokyo, so they didn't really go outside of the country to to record. But yeah, they did tour before they released before the album, which I think is that's that's ballsy. It is. You don't have any. You don't have anything to like sell to people at that point. You're just kind of like, oh yeah, we released some albums like five years ago, <laughs> like. You have nothing new to present to the public, so it's kind of ballsy to do that. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't return to the studio for this album until winter of 2012, and the album was done in May of 2013. That's awesome. That's so cool. We're not talking about the song today, but there are two instances of field recordings used in this album. The wave sounds that open the album were not actually waves recorded, but they were like bubble sounds. Actually, yes, they were. Ooh, I'm all over the place. He recorded bubbles because they sounded similar to guitar loops that Agata had recorded. 
and the frogs that that are at the end of Zero Plus were recorded in Tokushima, which is actually one of my favorite quiet parts of the album, is just the frogs. Frog sounds, yeah. I don't think I can think of another album that samples frogs. I mean, besides other, like, field recording albums. Yeah. What if we got into field recordings for a month and just did that? Whale noises. Whale noises are, like, that really famous owls of north america album that everyone talks about when you bring up field recordings <laughs> i found a whale um a whale noises album at sulu the other day i should go get it can you buy that please <laughs> i should have i bought an adam and the ants album instead that day so big regret <laughs> i can't believe i didn't buy the whale noises you gotta buy the whale noises Yes, after this album was released, they toured North America. Um, Fetch was named Album of the Week by Spin Magazine. Rolling Stone called it the 17th best metal album of 2013. Um, Metal is kind of... Yeah, that's a weird way to describe it. (laughs) Thanks, Rolling Rolling Stone. Pitchfork called it the best music of their career. And in a Tiny Mixtapes review called Mel Banana, or called this album Mel Banana's Most Exploration into Fuzz Pop and, like, buoyant, melodious, weird shit. What the fuck does Fuzz Pop mean? I could see maybe that I don't being know. applied to Zero, but not the rest. Zero and Zero Plus are kind of, like, these weird interludes of, like, poppier-sounding mm-hmm. uh, songs. Zero Plus is like an extension of Zero, but Zero Plus comes before Zero on the album, so... Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird they, thing to do. They're just kind of fucked around, yeah, they're like, whatever. Um, I don't give a shit, let's just throw some Zero in there. I think this is also Melt Banana's most accessible album. It's a good place to start. Oh, totally. The other stuff is noisy as shit, like, nobody... Absolutely inaccessible. Like, what's like nobody's gonna like actually. Well, I mean, I didn't find this it. one first. I listened to their 2007 album first, but but I yeah. I already liked noise rock back then, so I like yeah, noise rock. Yeah, no. Back I like noise rock before it was cool. <laughs> it's just everything about this album is bonkers as fuck. It that's like just the best way to describe it is like bubbly punk. That's fucking bonkers. The lyrics are so fucking wild, I can't wait to get into them. Oh my god, same. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a case of, like, ESL or something, or whether they're just already fucking bonkers, but... It's probably both, to be honest, but... It might be, but also... I don't know. I really don't know. I literally don't know. They make enough sense to kind of get by, though. Yeah, no, totally. It's not just, like, completely random, but Mm. it's definitely (laughs) weird as shit. Do we want to start with with Vertigo Game, then? Because that's one of the songs we wanted to talk. Okay. This fucking song is part of the first chunk of the album that just turns into this noisy fuckfest. And I love it <laughs> so much. Um, I'm going to pull up the lyrics because they're wild. Uh, the bass, or if that's a bass synth, I think it's just a bass. It's fucking cool as shit. Oh, yeah, it's so, so good. And, like, the speed these guys play at is so impressive. Like, 
Oh, it's wild. It makes sense why they're using like machines for drums because like yeah. it's so fast. It's so fucking fast. Yeah. Also, like that machine sound at like. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna read these lyrics. Please. Can you see bats chase stars next to a starship lost? And then the mermaid's dead next to one-legged piece. <laughs> it's alright. Maybe not. Head messed up. I see my eyes are flying. Head messed up. I see my brain is melting. Head messed up. We're all surely spinning around. We all surely really a... are spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> now I see a trap inside next to a flag in blood. And then facts no truth next to smile and fear. It's all a lie? Maybe yes. <laughs> It just keeps going. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. I love it. I it does sound like an ESL thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's still. I bet you this makes a lot more sense in like actual Japanese, but I don't know if there's a version I've heard that actually has Japanese lyrics though. No, no, like it's probably just yeah. I, I bet you they write in Japanese, but then they, like, translate it to English or something. But I could be totally wrong. I could be as well. I haven't actually watched a video of them playing in Japan. But, like... No, me either. I feel like part of it might actually be writing lyrics in English and then just singing in English. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Either way. Either way, it's gonna be batshit. (laughs) I keep my ears clear and nice. That's my favorite line in the song. (laughs) The, like, the music itself is so, like, hard and heavy and just, like, a big slap in your face. But then, like, Yasuko's voice is really childlike. So it's, like, it's just, like, on top of it, it's such a weird contrast that kind of, like, it works so well, but only for this band. <laughs> I, I can't think of anyone else that that would work well for. Yeah, the really poppy vocals... Versus, like, literally, like, singing of the buzzsaws, like, music is... It's a very interesting combination, and I I can't think of much else that would really fly doing that. No, me either. They must throw some effects on her voice. Actually, this record is... Like, They purposely used little effects. Okay, interesting. A lot of it's just really dry. Just loops. Okay. I'll which is back. absolutely mind-boggling, because it sounds like... So it sounds so electronic, yeah. Yeah. Just side note, I love this album art. I want a print of it. Oh, it's so pretty. It's really pretty. Oh, it's so nice. Look it up, everybody. Just look up Fetch by Melt Banana, and you can admire the beautiful art. Who did the art? I, I tried to know. find who did the art, but I like I couldn't find a, a an artist like uh, credit. Really? Yeah. There should be one like on the back of the album. Like, on a physical copy, but I can try... Maybe Discogs will have something. Discogs usually has my bag. Maybe. Let's see. Who did it? It says the album art's by Mel Banana. Really? As far as I can see. Um, the image... The image is the cat and the moon. Um, it's by Pedro Serezina. Ah, okay, that's good. There. Gave Label. credit. So it tells me what the art on the on the inside label is, but it's not telling me the art on the outside. Interesting. I wonder if it's actually by them. Like maybe, maybe, maybe both of them did it. Like it could totally be. Listener people, if you figure out who did the art for Melt Bananas Fetch, please leave a comment below. <laughs> I would love to know. I seriously want to know. 
Yeah, I I really want to know too because honestly, I I want to buy a print of it, and I've been trying to find like the original source because I don't want to pay for a third party one because you know, like why would I do that? Uh, Resource Graphics is also listed as somebody who did the artwork, but I'm just gonna assume they're the ones who did the layout based hmm. on the name. And most of the stuff they did is for Melt Banana. All of it's for Melt Banana, actually. I wonder if it's just the band then. Yeah, it could totally be. I don't know. Do we want to talk Red Data, Red Sage? Yeah. It's it's like the noisiest track on the album, right? Yeah, it's so noisy. Like, it's just like a you watching like a construction worker pick up a bunch of like broken metal and then dropping it out of his like claw <laughs> machine. It's like. <laughs> Like, then they sampled that and looped it, basically. The lyrics are quite interesting. No less than slave, it's stuffy in here. Quite less than fate, I need some fair air. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a batch. <laughs> Set heaven in panic, no matter what he says. Hidden like a doubt, no sign can be seen. Lost and found dead, my radar is still on tracking. <laughs> yeah, I think it's broken English, to be honest. Yeah. Um, which is chill. That's fine. It sounds cool. It makes it pretty Oh, yeah, unique. I love it so yeah. much. There's just, like, it's really hard to talk about what we think they're talking about because it's kind of broken. There's no way to, like, explain the lyrics because they make no sense. I find their, like, naming conventions very interesting because I feel like they're always referring to something. But, like, like, it's a reference, but I just don't get it. Yeah, we're missing something here. And the names of the songs have nothing to do with the lyrics, either. Like, yeah. As far as we know. As far as we know. It could make a lot more sense if it was in Japanese or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I love the screaming. There's something about that screaming and Yasuko's tone that are just fucking insane. Like, Oh, she's just giving just, it. Oh, uh, She gives it her all. It's crazy. It's, like, actually, like, she's kind of terrifying, <laughs> which I love. I, wa- I want her to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd be sweet. That'd be interesting to watch, I think. Yeah. Also, I've got to start a list for this podcast of, like, every time Annie has said something mildly, like, good God, I wish that were me, about someone we're talking about on this pod. <laughs> Usually my whole thing is, God, I wish that were me. Like, I don't know how many times I've said that on this podcast. Um, Just so it, it makes sense to, to listeners, I'm referencing a meme. Um, God, I wish that were me. Um, it's, it's a comment on DeviantArt that went viral because it was, like, some, like, dude who just commented, God, I wish that were me on a like an art of a giantess ba- holding a man baby in her arms <laughs> <laughs> like a full grown man in a diaper and it's like a giantess like i don't know if you guys know internet fetishes but giantess is basically like dudes are sexually into giant women <laughs> i mean and it's like a 3d rendered picture too you know what steven universe is right all I want to see is a giant woman. <laughs> we do want to see, we do want to see giant you women. You know what? You know what? God, I really wish that were me. <laughs> I don't know much about Steven Universe. I've just seen the clip with Nicki Minaj and that's all I know. 
I mean, wrong podcast, which I will talk about on another one that I <laughs> frequently go on, I'm sure. But it's very good. Everyone should watch it. Steven Universe has good music, I've heard. Oh, it's really good. Actually, that's an album we should talk about one day because um, the artist who does it has a comic that goes along with like their music and it's a mix of chiptune and piano and it's just so good. Oh, cute. That's adorable. Yeah, it's like a comic about like becoming friends with the robot who's like the chiptune artist. Aww. I know. That's really cute. Love. Another Japanese artist too. Oh, that's awesome. Everything that comes out of Japan is batshit. I love it. I love... Ugh. I have a long list of Japanese projects that we should do on this podcast. Japanese psychobilly culture is fucking whack. <laughs> I, I did not know that existed till now. Oh, it's so wild. Um, I follow this guy on Instagram. He's an artist, and I commissioned him once. Um, he's like a lowbrow artist, but he plays in a Japanese psychobilly band. He's from Japan, obviously, but they're so whack. Like, one of them wears a paper bag on his head, and the other one's dressed as a mummy. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. It's, so... <laughs> it's wild. See, like, you do try and do that shit in, like, North America. And you just don't take it quite far enough. And you go over there and they take it to the part that everyone actually wants to get to. Mm-hmm. God. Yes. It's sweet. I love it. I'm going to segue again. There's a cover that Mel Banana did around this time of Surf in USA. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Which ties back into Surf Rock Summer 2020. Everything Mel Banana covers is just like, mwah. It's beautiful. It's whack as shit. I love it. The Surf in USA cover, I think we should put that in as the song at the end because it's wild. I will do that. But also just like this band right here. Ooh. You better believe it. That's ooh. Amore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's so good. All I can really say about this album is just listen to it. Yeah, honestly, like, I know noise rock is, like, really... A lot of people are kind of like, uh, noise music. But, like, there's some good shit out there. I am partial to noise music in general. I go to noise shows. I like to hear... I'm so like hear... shocked, Annie, after all the things you've made me listen to for the <laughs> podcast. Call me surprised that Annie likes noise music. <laughs> Remember that part where New Button just hit a piece of metal? Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just calling you out right now. I'm being called out for liking noise music. I love noise. I like experimental. I like to go listen to people make noise. I don't know, like, just, like, looping sounds of metal is dope like just sampling like bending metal and then looping it and i'm like yeah this is beautiful it's pretty tight pretty tight also like i want to talk about danger music someday fuck i want to talk danger music i love danger like, music my favorite story is that guy who drove the fucking like bobcat tractor into the venue <laughs> Or that really, or that really famous noise, um, danger music show that got canceled because it was just some dude who wanted to blow up a, a like a bomb in the middle of a theater as commentary on uh, the Vietnam. Here's War. my commentary. <laughs> That's where I'll edit an actual like, explosion into this episode. It's so sweet. It's the magic. It's the magic of podcasting, baby. 
It's so sweet. It's so good. See, I gotta fill the funny quota for I... this week because Matt's gone. Matt's not here and we don't have any jokes. I miss him so much. I miss Matt. Do we want to talk Zero? Yes. I picked Zero because it's like a it's like a pop song. It is a pop song. It's like almost, almost. I think it's like the closest Mel Banana will ever get to J-pop. Yeah. It's so cute, though. It's really cute. I was actually listening to it while playing Minecraft before we started recording. <laughs> and It's the closer to the album, which is really like a, just a good way to end it off. It's just like something that's completely It's a little place. piece of candy you get for making it all the way through. It's like... Oh, you listen to all of that. Here's here's your reward. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love the guitar in Zero. Zero is like a song I actually want to go out and learn if I can even attempt. Yeah, some of this stuff I'm just like I can't play this. It's too hard. Yeah, like I some of the guitar noises I have no idea what the fuck I got is doing. Like it doesn't even sound like a guitar. It just sounds like like you know when you have dial up internet and if like you. Yeah, like, it makes all those noises, but like, <laughs> if you sped that up and, like, put it over a drum track and some bass. Yeah, pretty much. But it's not a synth or your phone line being blocked. It's guitar. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Zookied on Genius Lyrics, says of this song, huge bop. It is a huge bop. <laughs> Zuki's correct. <laughs> um, It's interesting how happy this song is, because the rest of the song is, like... As much as I can parse from them are really dark and existential. I don't want I think it's Red Data Red Stage where she's talking about how we're all gonna die. Um oh, let me Google this. I wanna see. And then this one's like cute, like cute and boppy, and then and then we have um let me see here. Oh please load for me my internet. Speaking of dial up internet. <laughs> Look, my internet is hell. I live in a basement suite. No, it's not on this one. Can I, to be real, that I love dial-up internet sounds? Like, they're so good. Dial-up internet, they should be, every album should have them on them. Just sampled. We're just gonna load up on the sound effects to make up for math. What if I, like, make up for the lack of math? what if I went back to our previous episodes and just cut out, like, key phrases from Matt and just, like, stuck them <laughs> to, like, fill up the space? Please do. <laughs> I miss Matt. I have some, I have a new segment because Genius lately has not been providing the content I need. So we're going to start looking at the hellscape that is Rate Your Music. <laughs> what does Rate Your Music have to say? Friend of the pod, Hunter in Moscow, which is, just screams some things that i'm not gonna make fun of someone i'm, I'm supposed to be nice <laughs> uh it says the vocalist sounds like elmo which is <laughs> <laughs> like it's oh, a little God. true i don't want to be mean but it's a little true <laughs> yeah it's a little true <laughs> like absolutely not wrong actually i was thinking about this um earlier while i was playing minecraft do you remember the um the powerpuff girls theme song I don't remember the theme song, but I do remember the Powerpuff Girls. I think, like, the theme song for the Powerpuff Girls, vocal-wise, sounds exactly like Melt Banana, and now I'm kind of like, did Melt Banana do the Powerpuff Girls theme song? I'm Googling. Probably not. Probably not, but, like, it sounds... After listening to the Powerpuff Girls end theme, I was incorrect, but the vocal, the vocal styling is very similar. 
to the end theme. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds cool. Um, Zero is just like... It's so sweet. It's cute. I love... Another, another rate your music comment. Friend of the pod, Perry App, says it's impossible not to go ape shit while listening to this. <laughs> not wrong, not wrong. 23emanaresu says, I'm so hyped for the sequel to this. Fetch the bolt cutters. No! <laughs> I still haven't listened to Fetch the Bolt Cutters because I'm afraid to be too emote. It's okay to have I'm feelings. I'm afraid Danny. of having feelings. <laughs> I'm afraid. I liked it a lot. I think it's one of my albums of the year. Which is so uncreative because that's what everyone is saying about it. I don't know what my albums of the year are so far. I just listen to old stuff. I'm sure we'll do like a big like end of the year special and talk about them. I never really listen to new stuff, as dumb as that sounds. What have I listened to this year? I've listened to the new Neuvelton album. I feel like I already listened. I had one that I really liked, but I forget what it's called. Um, I'm also not surprised that you listened to the new Neuvelton album. It's only okay. It's acceptable. What have you been up to this week, Devlin? Camping? Wait, 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 wait. We gotta give our final thoughts on this. Oh, yeah, true. <clears throat> this album is a 5 out of 5 for me. Like, please go listen to it. It's amazing. Um, It's their most accessible album, so if you really want to get into Melt Banana, this is a great starting point. And I really encourage you to get into this band because it's nothing but talent. Nothing but... It just rips. It slaps. Just a real knee slapper, like, ham bone about it, you know? There's literally no other way to describe it. If, like, you read that they, like, were affected personally by, like, a nuclear meltdown before recording this album, and you're like, yeah, I hear it. This is what a nuclear meltdown sounds like. Yeah, I think that's about accurate. Um, I can't really sum it up better. Yeah, just five out of five noise rock. Five out of five noise rock. Literally one of the best noise rock albums out there. I'm feeling a light to strong five on this. Did you like it? Did you hate it? <laughs> Let me know. Forever. Um, I don't think anything will ever beat the birthday party discography, noise punk wise, but that's just because they were some of the earliest noise punk there is. Um, and it's just fantastic. And obviously Mel Banana were influenced by them if they're covering them. Oh, definitely. But yeah, I really want to make, make you guys listen to the birthday party really badly. <laughs> I just keep picking my favorite bands, and that's kind of why I feel like I need to, like, go outside this, like, outside my faves, but this isn't, like, my fave band. I picked something that I really enjoyed, but it's not my fave band, so I'm doing a better job. I'm just terrified to keep, as, um, me and Matt's boss listens to this, as I've been told, and, uh, called us a simp cast for, for doing albums we like so much <laughs> and not shitting on more people. And I'm, I'm sorry for being nice. <laughs> we are a simpcast. The, the podcast is called Music is Good, not, you know. <laughs> not Music is Bad. There's already yeah, exactly. bad music podcasts out there, so we can't really do that. What are we? Insert joke. I don't want to be a negative Nelly. There's already enough negative stuff out there. Did you not hear our Lulu episode? We're not a simpcast. We have taste. <laughs> We have taste, but we, we like a lot it's of a... things. My taste is broad. I feel like the true point in growing up is like 
being like art is good art is good <laughs> yeah so what have you been listening to this week Dublin? um you went camping honestly i've been listening to a lot of podcasts because i've been traveling with my partner for the last week around the central okanagan in bc so like not a whole lot of music just a lot of podcasts getting my uh getting my epstein brain on with some podcasts <laughs> so beyond that what i've been listening to like i think i listened to the band pity sex for like an hour this week oh pity sex slaps yeah they're pity pretty good. good yeah um what have you been listening to this weekend i've been trying to listen back to nico's discography um desert shore is a fucking fantastic album it's like goth as shit and then I tried to listen to the Velvet Underground and Nico, and I can't take Lou Reed seriously anymore. Lulu really just did <laughs> that. Lulu really just destroyed my opinion of Lou Reed. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I tried to go back and like listen to like his like famous hits, and it's just like no, nah, no, tarnished not forever. Not working for me. Um, and I have also been listening to. Um, I've been listening to some funk this week, so I've been listening to Chocolate Milk, or I've been listening to Stevie Wonder, and Funkadelic, stuff like that. Um, Magnet Brain, fucking A-plus album. That's what I've been on this week, so. Oh, okay, I have a, a dirty secret to admit. I was lying to you all. You know what I've been listening to this week? Fucking Limp Biscuit. Oh, fuck yeah! I love Limp Biscuit. I've come full circle to be like, new metal's good, actually. (laughs) New metal is good! Changed my fucking mind. New metal's good as fuck. My partner says that if you haven't watched any live videos from Woodstock 99, um, to, to quote my partner, the pinnacle of civilization from the beginning of time peaked at Woodstock 99. When Kid Rock came on stage and said, my name is Kid. <laughs> and it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> I think it was Woodstock 99 where Buck Cherry came on and went, Buckstock, let's see some fucking pussy. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a classic. I'm pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, that's Woodstock 99. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I've also been watching live videos, so I watched all of um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, set, which slowly showed people just lighting fires and destroying Woodstock 99. Nice. And also, Flea played completely naked, so when you watch the video, there's just a whole lot of Flea's whole dick just <laughs> flopping around. That's awful. Ew. It's pretty bad. But yeah, that's this, that's where the show actually stopped because they burnt down all like the like the camera towers and basically started a riot. <laughs> nice, literally. So that's where civilization peaked. I agree. Yeah, it did. Also, during Limp Bizkit set, people were crowd surfing on dry like drywall, which is tight as shit. <laughs> Where'd they get the drywall? They just ripped it off like the guards from the front of the stage. <laughs> like that is like. The pinnacle of civilization on Earth. There really is. Really, it's that's beautiful. One day we'll return to this topic because I wow. think Woodstock '99 deserves a full discussion. 
like an episode its own yeah i love this concept we should definitely do that yeah i think that's about it for today okay i think that's about it yeah let us know what you think of these these two people episodes because it's the new normal i think we're gonna i think we're gonna try and get some guests on too just yeah we're gonna be bringing in more guests more often for the foreseeable future because well you just heard it We have no Matt. Yeah, we have an absolute, an absolute lack of Matt. Fully 100% lack of Matt. There is no Matt. We are Mattless. <laughs> there is none Matt. Absolutely zero. I'm sad. I'm sad that we're Mattless. That's okay though, Matt. Matt is doing a good thing. Matt's gone to school and I'm proud of him. I so. am proud of Matt too. We should all be proud of Matt. Yes, audience, go go give Matt your best wishes. He's working hard in school. He'll come back just like completely kicking the shit out of any like takes we have on this podcast. Oh, totally. He said that he'd write a paper on either pure hell or suicide, and I'm trying like, mm, Matt knows me. Matt loves me. Matt understands what I desire in punk. <laughs> pure hell, suicide, absolutely beautiful. That's the pinnacle of punk. Change my fucking mind. I mean, I have some opinions about that, but we'll save it. <laughs> um. Pure holler great. Pure holler so good. Side note, I went camping this week, and you know what the shittiest thing ever is? Losing the, like, screw-in bit of your earring, so you just have to pray that it stays in your ear. Oof. Oof. I would have just taken it out and put it in a bag. See, I can't, though, because my ears heal and all the other things I have are too small. Oh, shit. Rip. Did it stay in? So, it's, it's stuck in there for now, but, but, but audience, audience, I'm, I'm sending this out there to the nation, our Okanagan friends, if we have any. If you come across a very tiny, tiny, tiny little metal ball, please mail it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you happen to find it in the middle of the woods. And you have to, with your eagle eyes, to spot it on the ground. It's probably mine. Please, please send it. <laughs> please return. Return to sender. Send it to my P.O. box. <laughs> yeah, we need a P.O. box as a podcast for all of the things that people are sending us. Serious? If you guys want to send me record, like, send me records, like, I will listen to them. And I will, like, I will talk about them if you want to send me records. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it. If you want to send us stuff, let us know. We'll, we can make that happen. We'll hook you up, Give yeah. me free shit. That'd Give me sweet. free shit. Give me free shit, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. It's all free until we start charging Patreon money. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. I don't want to steal money from people just yet. No, me neither. All right, well, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, I'm Devlin Galloway. You can follow me at Devlin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my record label, Placeholder Records, at Placeholder Rec on Twitter and at Placeholder Records on Instagram. You can follow this podcast on Twitter right now because we have put our Instagram to rest for a bit. That's my fault. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter. That's my fault. On at, um, at Music Is Good Pod. And yeah. Sorry, I'm drinking from an entire carton of cranberry juice. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trashy. I don't even use a cup anymore. I'm too lazy to do dishes.
Um, you can find me on Instagram at John Wayne Gacy Official. However, I haven't been on for two weeks. I'm taking a break. I'm the one who runs the Instagram account, so that's why it's on hold at the moment. It's been a lovely two weeks without Instagram. You know what? It's been amazing. Taking little breaks, like when I did, like during the day when I was camping, it is nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's beautiful. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Thank you. I have one last oh, you have a note? thing to send out into the. Sweet. I have one last thing to send out into the universe. Chris from the band Trap, come on the pod. <laughs> that's our bold claim now. Let's settle this. Let's settle this. Have you gotten them? Friend of the friend of the pod trap. Have you gotten them to block you yet? No. Damn here's her. here's the only two ways this is gonna end, Chris. You do a shout out that I can put at the beginning of my episode that says, uh, this is Chris from Trapped and I say music is good, suck shit, fuck you. Or you block me. <laughs> That's the only way this ends. <laughs> I had a friend who got blocked by Trent Reznor on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how do you get blocked by Trent fucking Reznor? The man invented sex in 1994. Of closer, oh, closer. how do you get blocked by that? <laughs> uh, All right. Well, thank you for tuning yes, in. Yes, thank you very much. Um. Have a good one. Yes, have an excellent one. Bye. Bye bye. I can't believe Mel Banana played a flu read at the Sydney Opera House and we didn't talk about it. <laughs>